Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oops. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for December 16th, 2018. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Yep, middle of December. Uh, winter solstice is coming. Yeah, shortest. Well, yeah, usually we have a seasonal service, uh, telephone service about that. And I just, that kind of just flashed in my mind as I, said the date, it'll be this Thursday, I believe, on the 21st. Um, <clears throat> okay, well, I, <laughs> what I wanted to mention right now is um, our guest to give us a Dahmer glimpse, she uh, just about on a daily basis uh, sends, sends me an email uh, with, that's a uh, Oh, the topic could be, you know, anything, uh, a poem uh, on your former daily life or uh, forwards um, uh, some interesting uh, online uh, things. And this morning, she had forwarded uh, a link to how uh, planetary, planetary systems are formed. Okay. Uh, astronomy and you know cosmos how how, how uh, um, it's the birth and death of planetary uh, planetary systems and uh, you know I guess our science is such that you know it's amazing when you think about it how can we how can scientists uh, find out the facts about uh, such things that uh, take place so far away and their time scale is so almost infinite. How do they know that? But 
they do. And so they go through a little description of the cycle involved when the solar system, you know, how does it come about and so forth. And uh, I guess my point is, before describing a little bit of it, is that, you know, there's a cycle. It get, it, the, when it says birth and death of a, a solar system, okay, solar means, you know, it has, a, it has to have a star or a sun to start off and t- in order to uh, uh, become a planetary system. And this is birth and death of a planetary system. And then what happens after death? Okay. Here it starts, and then here it ends. And then the last line in the, in the whole presentation is, and the cycle starts again. Um, and, of course, you, um, this might take, uh, uh, you know, several billion years, okay, uh, close to perhaps uh, t- 10 billion years. And it's hard for us to conceive of what a billion years are, but so it might seem like a long time. And in our, <laughs> when you think about this in relationship to uh, an individual's life of, you know, even a hundred years, it, it's, <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> well, so point is, we might not think of it as a cycle. It's so, it's on a time scale so vast, okay? Uh, we don't think about oh a daily cycle or a weekly or you know uh, monthly, yearly, uh, millennium. Those are nothing, okay? We could you know experience that some you know in our lifetimes, okay? But we cannot experience on the astronomical you know. Outer space type things, you know, but it's there, okay? We just read it, but one, two, three, four, five, six stages maybe. It takes maybe eight to ten million billion years, and then the last line, as I said, was the cycle starts again, okay? Some, you know, some, uh, well, so what the, my point is. This, when you see a cycle, and it's described like that, even of our our world, okay, our planet, our, our planetary system, it's the same as what the Buddha talked about, about how constant change, the dynamic nature of interdependencies and natural laws, it's right there, regardless of whether, again, you're talking about, well... Uh, seasons maybe, okay, but here you, uh, you know, that when you look at reality, your own reality, it 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 really makes an impact about human life. You say, oh well, you know, they talk about takan, meaning Japanese word for broad perspective. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in Oh, this this little thing right around me, as though uh, that's the only reality there is and will be. But when you can step back and you see, it gives that perspective kind of calms you down, settles you down. You could see, oh, why am I getting so upset about this, man? It's not a. I think to un- unpack that, it's not 
a downer or it's not, you know, uh, how you interpret it is important. Uh, um, somehow I'm, I'm kind of stumbling around for articulating it, but I think you get the gist. So with that said, I'm going to introduce our guest to give us the Dharma Glimpse, Jeannie Gallo. She is part of our LM10 group and resides in Pennsylvania, and she's here with us live. Okay, Jeannie Gallo. Thank you. Wow, that's a hard one to to follow to follow up on. But um, I took the title "Food for Thought," so so that's a good tie-in, anyhow. But we're deep in the holiday season now, and so many holidays center around a meal. And in our multicultural country, it seems as if a festival is always being celebrated by some group giving us a chance to enjoy so many different customs and foods. And, and I, I really love that. I think it's so great. Uh, even Satori, the Buddha's enlightenment remembrance, really begins some days before with his accepting a bowl of sweet rice and milk from the village girl Sujata. He broke his fast and years of ascetic practice with this simple porridge-like meal. He gathered strength to meditate under the Bodhi tree, having realized that he needed to care for himself to reach mental clarity. How wonderful for all of us that he did, like giving us his great ideas like Koyo Sensei just talked about. Um, you know, I begin almost every day by cooking a bowl of cream of wheat with milk. And as I make it and later clean the sticky metal pot, I've gotten to think about the Buddha's simple meal and also about the Zen ceremonial meal called Oriyoki. Oriyoki means just enough. It has a special liturgy accompanying each part of the meal, from beginning through washing out the bowls at the end. And nothing is wasted. The just-enough Zen meal ends with cleaning the bowls and scraping out the serving pot and offering the water and remnants outdoors to the sentient beings there. I got to thinking, what about when I wash up the hot cereal cook pot here at home? So I consciously decided when the next cleanup came time, to mindfully clean up and take a close look. So before filling the pot with soap and water, I saw how much was left sticking to the bottom and the sides. Jeez, I thought I'd spoon it all into my bowl. So I took the spoon and really scraped around. It was really amazing. The spoon was almost full, though some of it was a little brown from the burner's heat. And then I thought, you know, big deal. One cold, gummy, singed spoonful. But mindfulness coming up here. But yes, with a little thought and mindfulness, this one soggy spoonful represented a very big deal. How little that might look to me, but how much that would be to so many people near and far. I just read a Holocaust survivor's interview about how desperate concentration camp inmates were to lick any spoon or bowl in hopes of getting just enough food remnant to survive another day or even another hour. Post-war Buddhist teacher Ruth Dennison, who lived through the war in Germany as a regular German citizen, wrote of having to lick the paste-off wallpaper to survive after the war ended. And I remembered the wrenching Japanese anime film, uh, Grave of the Fireflies, where the children died of starvation after the war had ended. And just turn on the TV and, and see the horrors today in Yemen. Or open 
I opened my local newspaper yesterday, had a report about how many children and adults go to bed hungry each day in Pennsylvania, where I live, Harrisburg. It's about eight people in uh, one in eight people in general. It's one in eight people, or one in six children, go to bed hungry every day here, and that's about one and a half million people and four hundred and fifty thousand children just in my state. They go to bed hungry. They wake up hungry. They go to work hungry. They go to school hungry. I know them. Um, we, You know them in your state, but we likely don't really know them, or we wouldn't let it happen, would we? Do we? Do I? From that morning on, whenever I cook cereal, which is almost every day, like I said, I, I mindfully scrape the spoon all around the seemingly empty pot afterwards, Remember hungry beings while eating that small but large remnant. Wash the pot with water and empty it in the garden. Maybe this will help me remember to consume mindfully. Maybe not be so wasteful. Maybe to take extra garden produce to the downtown free food kitchen. Or maybe to share at the local food bank. Or or to think what else I can do here and now with what I have. So... Why not consider making meal cleanup time a chance for some food for thought, too, like the Buddha did? Really empty your bowl as a step to nourishing yourself, your community, and the world, a spoonful at a time. Thank you, and have a blessed holiday season. Yep, <laughs> that's really great. Uh, writing notes. <clears throat> For all the associations that conjured up in my mind as I listened to this Dharma glimpse, and um, I think it really uh, hits home and puts it in a context about something that's uh, you know so basic, okay? food, uh, um, and food is something I think we could not only everyone could relate to. There's a special uh, attraction. For, you know uh, that that makes that kind of a topic uh, we really identify with it okay and uh, of course <laughs> it's not just for life but culturally you know everything so much about it because you know we all eat huh? it's so prevalent okay of course sometimes people uh might have a certain lifestyle or they might go go on a fast or something like this, but still it's within the context of, you know, if you're, if you're a human being, uh, you know, to continue to live, okay. Uh, you need nourishment. Uh, and so it's sort of very primal, I guess. Okay. When we talk about food, maybe on, even though we talk about all well, certain kinds of food or certain customs or rituals or interesting things. I think what makes that identification is under, under un, subconsciously, perhaps this is, you know, uh, crucial. And then on top of that, you have all the, all oh, the taste and all the rituals and cultural customs and stuff like that. It's, it makes it a huge topic okay, for human beings. Um, and we could see that in when we narrow that down just a little bit to to spiritual how how it relates to spiritual paths 
and journeys and so forth. Okay, it behooves us to to uh, elaborate on that. Okay, and of course, one of the most basic things is you you have a mealtime blessing. <laughs> That's so so ubiquitous and universal in all religions. Okay, give thanks for this food, and of course, it could become you know kind of just a uh, uh, non-impactful ritual in a way. But again, I think there's some subconscious thing there. Okay, uh, Whether you say in Japanese, itadakimasu, or whether we say, thank you for the food. You know, just something huh, uh, so basic. <laughs> and we're saying that because uh, you need that to live. Okay, So we are grateful. And we take life in order to live. Okay? Even plant life, we could consider it. Uh, life. Um, uh, not only gratitude involved in mealtime blessing or grace, but there's some real sorrow there that lives do have to be taken. Huh? So gratefulness, a sorrowful gratefulness, I mean, it, it could get deeper and deeper spiritually. Okay, something simple like saying a mealtime grace or blessing things. Um, and uh, historically, you know, as was mentioned, Sujata and, you know, the Buddha Siddhartha's, you know, it's a crucial part of uh, 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 of Buddhism okay, in the history and the beginning of it and everything. Um, if you if if you starve yourself and you're gonna die, what good is that? You know, right? I mean, the most simple, pra- basic pragmatics that Siddhartha went through, okay, all that aesthetic practice. But says, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, he he was so determined, okay. You know, and they say he could. They depict a skeleton sometimes as a as an iconic uh, image in Buddhism. That he's he's a he he starved himself. He fasted so much as a custom aesthetic custom, and he could touch his spinal cord by just pushing in his stomach. That's how skinny he was. I mean, I don't know exaggeration, but it's in the literature like that. Ah. Uh, I recall uh, when uh, you know I practiced in Japan in the uh, in the Soto Temple, a very small one uh, in Kyoto, Japan, and on Taiji. It's very famous for um, uh, the uh, the Roshi head head Zen priest there. He was well known because he allowed Westerners and foreigners to to part, you know, to to be to uh, practice, and maybe they must have had about mm, two dozen at the most monks residing there, okay. and uh, so it's a very small, it's a very small monastery, and uh, and he welcomed uh, foreigners to. Join in when they had regular zazen sitting meditation, and and then afterwards we would go after a meditation session and 
we go to uh, uh, you know have a meal, okay, uh, in a social hall sort of, okay, um, and he would give a talk, okay, and it was a, it was a privilege. It was a really uh, something that you can't take for granted that opportunity uh, to experience that, and uh, if you've ever done. <laughs> eating a meal that they do every day, I mean, daily meals, it's, uh, you better eat fast. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> you got to eat fast because, you know, and uh, they have a, a three bowls, okay, and then it's tied with a, a froshki or a little cloth, and you tie the knot on top, and they got these all, I think everybody has their own, but they, they got a lot of uh, general ones, okay, on the shelf, and then so you you get one of these, okay, and you untie it and you, and you open it up, and then you put your three bowls, and they put the soup in one, they put the the rice in one, and they put the the other vegetables and meat or whatever. Okay, some places maybe they are vegetarian, but okay, and and there's kind of a a custom. I won't say it's a ritual, but it's a custom where a certain way of doing it and you eat it up and then you, you save this one pickle, pickled the uh, vegetable okay, not a cucumber pickle, but maybe a takwan. Okay. If you know that yellow, yellow sour fermented, uh, uh, daikon or horseradish. Um, you save one. Okay. And then you see they pour hot tea after you've eaten, they pour hot tea in the big bowl. Okay. And you take that pickle and you, with your hashi, your chopsticks, and you swirl it around and you use it to clean the bowl. Okay. And then you pour that hot water tea into the next size bowl. Then you do the same thing. Then you do clean the last one, the little one. Then you eat that little pickle. Okay. Then you put all you, you put it away. Then you tie it up, sack it up inside each other, tie it up. Okay. And uh, you can't dally. You know, because they're going to, it's okay, everyone, things happen in, in the group. Okay, okay, and I'll pass down all your things and so forth. Okay. Um, and it goes from that daily, non-special thing, just the way it's done daily, to, as was mentioned, the Rooki ritual. Also in uh, a very formalized, almost like, uh, channel you or tea ceremony where it's, it's so involved and I experienced that too in, a, in an interesting kind of way I was invited to to be a guest uh, at a session locally in Evanston just outside of uh, Chicago suburb there and it was my first time and she says well and then we do this rooki and I said oh I never did anything like that she was oh I'll sh- I'll show you so that you could be sort of familiar with how how it's done. <laughs> we must have spent about two hours. She she went through every little thing. I said, Whoa. it was fascinating. Okay, but it was so involved. And she goes, you she couldn't sometimes remember. She said, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, no no. First you gotta, you know, put the utensils like this or something like this. That kind of mindfulness about uh, just like tea ceremony, huh? We just have a cup of tea, okay, in a non-religious or non-ritualized way, 
But it could be focused like that. The whole perspective changes. Okay. And then I was thinking about uh, Dogen's, uh, one of his famous uh, writings is Instructions to the Cook. Uh, you know, uh, and a lot of people, practitioners, have very significant, impactful experiences in the kitchen. Uh, somebody who has responsibility for cooking rice. I mean, you know, that's important. Okay? You got to, you know, you can't mess it up. And, you know, if a new foreigner joins in a certain ritual, not necessarily, you know, while I was thinking about this one friend of mine who was taking martial arts, and part of that was sort of like Zen training, but it was not, it was in the context of a, um, a martial art training, okay, Aikido or something like that, okay. And they had their whole ritual too, same thing. And he he would put in charge of cooking rice, and he wrote a whole whole big article on this, how impactful spiritually it was for him, okay. Um, and then indeed, I think maybe related to the fact about uh, speaking about the sorrow involved in uh, mealtime uh, grace, the fact that you have the 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 social aspect of starving children, starving people, okay, uh, that adds a little bit, you know, it gets deeper and deeper. It's like, oh, okay, thank you for this food. I mean, on a superficial level, you know, it's sort of empty words because you do it all the time. But the potential is always there for going deeper and deeper into certain different contexts or associations that makes it a rich source, okay? daily source of potential insights and, and so forth. I, um, uh, it's very, very basic. Okay, thank you very much. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep eating, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.